welcome to episode 173 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Hey, John. Hey, Dirk. For the podcast this week, let's discuss the gig economy and the contentious labor disputes that are beginning to arise as a result of this new way of working. Actually, it's not really a new way of working. I'm sure there have always been freelancers and uh, people who work from job to job. But now there's a increase in the number of folks who work this way as opposed to being W-2 employees with all of the protections that that classification affords. Uh, the uh, sort of new gig economy is... Uh, epitomized by the, quote, Uberization of of everything, right? So now you can uh, not only, uh, you know, get a ride somewhere, but you can get various tasks and chores done for you. And companies can take advantage of, of this style of, of labor as they build out these gargantuan platforms and, uh, you, you know, uh, make profits on the... Uh, on the results of, of, of these platforms. But does this distributed just-in-time work mean that protections for workers are gone forever? Uh, certainly, it's, it's hard for Uber drivers to organize and even to get recognized uh, you know, as uh, uh, having the right to organize, frankly. Um, or, you know, is there hope for new models that we could use to fairly compensate people? Uh, of course, there's plenty of discussion on this topic, and I think we're going to weigh in on this a little bit today. Dirk, you know, what, what's your take on this, this rise in the gig economy and, and sort of ways that we can approach uh, thinking about labor rights for this, uh, this class of worker? Yeah, so I think, you know, the gig economy in, in the most generic sense is, is logical. I think something that's similar to the gig economy is how we should function as a society. I think the Sturm und Drang of the situation, all the conflict um, around the situation is just focused on completely the wrong problem. So uh, people who've been listening to me for a number of years, and I mean, for me, this goes back to 1993, um, you know, know that I think the core problem is capitalism. So we're having all of this churn and angst around, um, you know, worker rights in the context of the gig economy, yada, yada, yada. That's not the problem. The, the problem is that we have a, a very lightly regulated free market that incentivizes people to act selfishly and um, allows the creation of these sociopathic corporations that act uh, destructively and and that those are the the underpinnings of the system and uh so you know we shouldn't be at all surprised that there's all kinds of waste and and human pain and loss uh coming coming out of that so i mean that's where the 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 things really lie um you, you know i think we should have um we should have in our society every citizen in the country should be provided some baseline existence that they don't have to um, that, that they don't have to be part of an ongoing forty hour sixty hour week cycle to have right so um, I, I, you know I've, I wrote about this a number of years ago but the the idea for the model is if you're a citizen and we're in the United States so let's call it the United States if you're a citizen in the United States 
there's a minimum baseline that you, you should have and you should need to work for it. So that minimum baseline would be something like a certain level of modest housing, a certain level of modest um, uh, food and, and beverage. Um, I would have electricity and internet access be part of that, part of that baseline. And to, to create all of the things needed in the baseline, that's quantifiable. Like the, the amount of human effort and human capital required to provide for everyone um, can be can be tracked, and we should be tracking that, and we should have people having to work their fair share of providing for, for everyone. Now, that might sound like just a different type of capitalism, but the trick is to provide this modest baseline for everyone wouldn't have people working 40 hours a week. It would have people working eight hours a week or 12 hours a week, right? Um, and so in order to work their fair share, and then they would have the rest of their lives to decide for themselves. And the example that I like to use is the truffles example. If you really want truffles, go ahead out there and and gather truffles. Start a quote-unquote business around gathering truffles. And then other people who want truffles, you can work with them to get other things in a free market structure. But that free market structure needs to be put on top of the baseline, right? And so bring that back into the conversation that we're having now. The problem is right now there's no baseline. It's like if you don't scrape and claw and within this capitalist um, largely unregulated free market, find some job for you to do, you're going to be on the street. You're going to be eating shit. And we have abundance. We have the ability that if people are contributing a fair share to it to provide a baseline for everyone, if we did that, all of these problems go away. They all go away because people don't need it. It's not live or die. It's not on the street or in something that's comfortable and humane. It's humane for all and then, and then building on top of that. So, I mean, that's a very specific and prescribed solution for, for the problem, but I, I roll it out to really put the spotlight on the issue. Like, it's just rubbish that we're talking about, oh, Uber is this service that it, it makes sense um, from a convenience perspective, it makes sense from an environmental perspective, it is making a, the system of transportation smarter. It may not still be perfect, but it represents improvement. But now there's all this teeth gnashing about it because it's costing humans jobs. And there's now the fear of, with all of the, the AI and, and robotic um, solutions coming in, the fear of what are going to happen to more and more human jobs. It really shouldn't matter. Like, these should be conversations about can you have truffles or not. They shouldn't be conversations about can I have food and shelter or not. Food and shelter should be givens, um, assuming you're contributing your modest fair share to um, you know, to your, your country as a citizen, as a participant um, in, in that entity. So I just roll my eyes with these conversations because I think, I think everyone is, is looking at the problem in the wrong place, two or three levels below where the real issue is, which is in the, the capitalist paradigm, John. Well, certainly uh, it's, it seems that at least the solution that you were articulating there has uh, you know, very close parallel to the the basic income uh, discussion that I think is is becoming you know part of the conversation um, around uh, you know where where do we go next? Like what you know what is is sort of the next uh, step for um, our economy? You know, given all these uh, different technological and market forces that are coming together. There's, so, there's two problems with basic income, John. One is people don't have to, to, to contribute to make it happen. It's just money, money from heaven, right? And part of uh, 
health, being healthy humans as well as being healthy societies is participation. It's participating and, and having some, some reciprocity there um, going both ways. The second thing with the basic income is at the end of the day, people can spend it on whatever the hell that they want. And we know about enough about the human animal to know that some non-significant percentage of those people are going to spend it on things that result in their, again, being on the outside without proper food and shelter. And, and to have a, a healthy society, to build a productive civilization, we need to have people with uh, food and shelter and, and, and some other basic things, I think, bottom line, brass tacks, um, no matter what. And so I think the basic income misses on, on a few key um, implementation uh, points, although I do applaud it philosophically. Right. Yeah, I, I, I raised the basic income in, in part for the, uh, the similarities with your argument and, and also to raise the fact that these kinds of discussions uh, around model change are, are not unusual right now. Um, you know, uh, model change several layers up, as 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 you had mentioned, uh, and I think the reason for that is, you know, the um, uh, the tumult, right, that uh, uh, people are are feeling in in both the labor markets and sort of looking forward, uh, you know, not not being sure about how they're they're going to be able to. Uh, to earn a living in the future, which is, you know, part part of the question when you're when you're talking about uh, labor rights and things like that. Yeah, but so, the, the, issue, the issue though is capitalism, not AI, right? That's the that's the problem. That's where it's just all a lot of um, you know, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing at the end of the day. Everybody's worried and fighting about the wrong stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't think that uh, that that people's eyes are. Um, like, like I think people's eyes are actually turning towards towards this uh, uh, discussion of of higher level models. In, in part, um, you'll get some agreement of, uh, from both the left and the right around the the basic income discussion. So I don't know if you have a uh, uh, you know a title for for your model, whether you know uh, basic livelihood or 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 basic food and shelter, right? But it seems to me that. Um, that it's going to be increasingly important to have these design, you know, designing a new model discussions, which can eventually be turned, you know, in into policy, right? So, so I guess my follow-on question for you is, given where we are um, with, uh, you know, the capitalist model and and the way that the gig economy is being rolled out, what what would you see as as sort of the next steps to get to a more uh, um, equitable solution, or or a a model where people could, you know, work with with an Uber type uh, uh, type platform, and then also have have uh, you know their needs taken care of. Like, what's that intermediary step, or is there one? I mean, the intermediary step is to is to act the same way we've acted in the past, which is. People move on to different industries, different skills. They find different things to do with their time. And the, the march and progress of AI and robotics is not so fast that we're years away from too many jobs being made um, irrelevant, redundant. Um, that's more decades. So uh, in, in the short time horizon, I mean, people are just going to have to pivot and do other stuff. Um, and, and that's what should happen. I mean, it's just stupid at a certain level to have these... Efficiencies—they're just clearly better. They're better again for the planet. 
They're better for everything except for people who have to have a paycheck to, to survive, right? That's the, that's, that's the one exception to it. Otherwise, it, it's, it's, it's better. It's better for the society. It's better for the environment. It's just, it's just better, right? So um, we're going to have to find ways for those folks to have other skills, other, other job opportunities outside of that encroaching technology. The, the technology should encroach when it makes more sense, when it's logical and, and sensible. And I mean, without commenting on um, Uber, the, the company specifically, but that kind of different ride, ride sharing services, different automation of the, the transportation process, it's just necessary. I mean, um, we're, you know, our, our, our chickens are coming home to roost on all the global warming stuff. And, you know, it would be nice if we had more revolutionary solutions, but certainly an incremental solution is the kind of automation that this that this sort of technology and infrastructure and, and you know, use of, use of internet technologies as well um, enables. Yeah, I think, you know, part of this discussion also uh, comes around to the fact that we're, um, you know, I, I, I contend that we're still very early in, in our progression into the, the knowledge uh, work economy. So, so, you know, the, the Uberization of things is, is just sort of one facet of that, right? But, you know, as we talk about, um, uh, you know, the, the changing ways in which we work together, you know, that's certainly a, a huge part of what it means to be a knowledge worker and part of the creative class. So, so my point being that we are, um, you know, we are not necessarily stuck with 20th century models, but we're experimenting with 21st century, you know, ways of, of working together, of interacting as a society. And I think you're beginning to see, um, you know, very interesting new ways of, of people collaborating, of people figuring out ways that, you know, you can be fairly compensated. Um, and, and some of these are, much better, as you pointed out, uh, for for you know life on this planet. Uh, at the same time, they're causing all kinds of pain, which which to me says you know this this is a a prototypical model, right? So the Uber model being like sort of the first cut at at a way that we can work together that takes up slack in the system, right? You've got all these cars sitting around that aren't being uh, utilized uh, properly. And you know, bringing them online and enabling them to be used efficiently, right? So, so that's sort of the you know point uh, zero one, um, and and um, what what's going to be increasingly exciting, I think, is to see sort of what the next version of you know of quote Uber is going to be like. How how does the gig economy you know adopt some more humane uh, aspects and and move forward. So it took a long time for you know industrial society to sort of figure itself out, and you had a lot of early failures that were um, you know were built upon, and eventually you have this this mammoth uh, system that we all live in right now. Uh, the information age has enabled us to implement these these new models, but surprise, surprise, we're not getting them exactly right the first time. So I think in the background, we, we do have this age of experimentation happening where we have these really powerful software tools where we can distribute work, uh, but we have no idea how to behave in that system, um, or at least our, our ideas about how to behave are you know from the previous century. 
so so there's an awful lot of change going on, and I know that's kind of a cop out, but but that's what I see. Well, and it's still too focused on the technology. I mean, the the first concept I had for for a business, I'll put scare quotes around it, um, that was down the path of the gig economy or the sharing economy was in 2003. And it was it was focused on a very mundane thing, which is um, cleaning up after a party. So the, where I came from with this is that when you have a party and it makes a giant mess, right, it's, it's a shit show, you have a great time at the party and the cleaning up is freaking horrible. You don't want to do it because you've had all this good energy, you've had so much fun, and then when you're done, you're, you're tired or you're drunk or it's the next day and more things are going on, yada, yada, yada. But if you had to clean up that same thing when you were sort of at the peak of your abilities, if you were just ready to do some cleaning, it would be no problem. You would just kill it. And so my, my concept in, in 2003 was we need to use the Internet so that um, I can sign up and I go and I clean up after somebody else's party. And it's no problem because, like, I'm just have, I'm hanging out. I just feel like doing it. And then after my party, when I don't want to clean up, I just want to, like, bask in the awesomeness that was this, this giant blowout. This crew is going to come in and clean my shit up. And I just get to be happy and it was really good, right? So we can debate the merits of that idea all we want. But the point being, what I was focused on and what I think the future of the gig and sharing and human economy need to be focused on is, is the experience of life. And looking at um, the rhythms of, of the things that we do, how, how we do them, and how can we accommodate for each other? How can I come in to something that's, that is a weakness for you or something that just in terms of your energy level in the moment isn't the right thing for you to be doing? And it's no shit for me to do it. I'm happy to do it. It's easy for me. I just come in and do it clip, clip, and I'm done. And other people come in clip, clip for me and doing it as well, right? So I would like to see instead of like the problems being solved now are really around technology. We can come in and now this technology has reached the point where we can do these things with cars. Let's do these things with cars. I'd like us to think about um, where where are the opportunities to to provide for and service one another to make all of our lives better? And and I think um, in, in terms of the benefits of the human condition and the human experience, that's where the more interesting uh, sort of problem strategies lie. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds fascinating. And and of course, we could all use someone to clean up after us uh, after an excellent party. So hopefully, we'll have uh, that service sometime in the future. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D-Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 173 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett. And we'll see you next time.